BDSM and non-standard relationships. Star exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As, as well, well as, as simply, simply fun, fun kink. kink. You'll find shows on these topics and more at eroticawakeningpodcast.com. This week on Erotic Awakening, three questions and crazy heart. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. Today on the podcast, we are going to be speaking with our good friend Crazy Hearts, and uh, that conversation went all over the place. But before we get there, we are going to be, well, apparently you have three random questions for me. I do. So they're not on your notes. They're not. No, I, I, they're in mine in purple. No, I've got no <laughs> questions on, of the no day or questions. any other kind of questions on mine. No. So we're going to take you by surprise. Well, why don't you go ahead? We have uh, other things to talk about as well, including new links, a voicemail, mm-hmm. and other stuff. But let's start off with, why don't you go ahead and lay one of those on me? Okay. So what's been happening is uh, Dan and I just did an intensive, a poly-intensive in Chicago. Plus, we've been talking about stuff all over the place, of course. So people have some questions about some of the stuff that we bring up, and um, either they need us to talk more about something we didn't have time to talk about, mm-hmm. or something piqued their interest, and they have a question, and things like that. So regardless, um, which one of the three do I want to ask you first? Okay, let's start with a simple one. So during the poly-intensive, we brought up the term porch time. Mm-hmm. And then didn't really have enough time to really discuss what porch time was. And I think we've covered that on here before. But regardless, somebody wanted to know what porch time was. Is somebody in charge? Are there rules? When does this happen? Mm -hmm. What's the best time to use something like porch time? You know, how to get its name? They just had a lot of questions about it. Okay, so. easy enough. Mm-hmm. So, and I would not say that porch time is necessarily a polyamory based communication tool. We started it as a power exchange relationship tool, but it really transcended beyond that as well. And porch time is, in its essence, it is indeed a communication tool. And what the idea is that as we go through our lives, especially if you're in a power exchange relationship, you may have a title of master or owner or a property or a kajana, kajira, kajuju, whatever they are. <laughs> um, and somebody's got to write me in and tell me the right way to say that. But the idea that regardless of how, what role that we're in, that porch time, the idea of porch time is you say to your partner, I want porch time. And it says, really what it's saying is I want a sacred space where you and I can talk as peers and talk from the heart, talk from a very deep emotional place and use whatever language comes up, use uh, any type of communication that comes up. So maybe on porch time, I'm going to rant and scream and yell and maybe later I'll be crying and that's okay. That any kind of communication is okay in this porch time space, this space that we've set aside to allow ourselves to communicate in any way, in any fashion that need be. What we find is a lot of times that unless you can really get into and some people do this via writing, you know, sometimes you might have heard the idea where let's pick up a pen and just start writing. And no matter what you do is you keep writing and writing and writing. And yet it's a tool to get through some of the muck that's on top to getting to what the actual issue is. What I found is that if I get into a good 
whether it's an argument or a rant about something, and I'm given the freedom to actually let that emotion or let that thought process, we actually get to a kernel of what actually needs to be worked on. So porch time is that opportunity, and anybody can call porch time, to have that communication freedom to be able to speak any way they want. That's what I think porch time is. Ooh, see, I'm glad I let you go with that, because I forgot to mention um, the whole sacred space part. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a, a space, but you're right, it is a sacred space. So, And um, I know for us, there's some people that would say, oh, my God, I would never do that with my master. I would never just go in and, and, just, and just talk like that, as, like as peers. And I'm like, well... MS was new for us. Power exchange was new for us. And you were saying it's not a poly tool per se. It was more of a power exchange a tool for us at our power exchange. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because the most of the times that we used it, it involved poly. It's been about poly. <laughs> it's been about poly. But even the situation and um, it would absolutely be something that you should be allowed to use with Karen as well. Or I should be allowed to use with Big D. Mm-hmm. Right? Where we can say, look, Metamore, even though we may not be in a direct relationship, I need to have, we need to have a come to Jesus kind of meeting. And I don't want it to be me beating you up or you beating me up or perceived that way. Mm-hmm. So let's create the space of porch time where we can just talk and nobody takes it personally afterwards. And that's the the challenge, right? Right. To say once porch time is over, it's over and you leave your shit out on the porch. Yeah. And I just, um, I don't know that I would feel comfortable with doing it with anybody else. Yeah, it should be a should be allowed to with a metamore or somebody else. But um, one of the tricks is, and one of the reasons I can use it with you is because I know you won't take it personally. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not going to say you, you, you. I'm right. still going to try to go I, 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 even if it's some rough stuff. Um, and we're not going to punish each other later. So I have that sort of relationship with you, which is why this sort of communication works. Sure. I mean, I try other types of communication first. Um, not the best at communication, and um, this was a last resort. But we went into porch time knowing that we don't, we're not done till it's resolved. So it's a it's a tool. I mean, it's actually a positive tool, even though it can be kind of loud. Mm-hmm. It can <laughs> it's be still a positive yes. tool. It could be loud. It could be crying. It could be foot stomping. It can be I don't feel heard, so I need to be louder. Yes. And do you want to tell people real quickly why why we call it porch time? Sure. So um, porch time is because we had a two bedroom apartment and a porch and two kids and a dog and a cat and no room to argue. And we didn't really want to argue in front of the kids. Mm-hmm. We were still building our relationship. Um, uh, when the kids, when we got together, I already had the kids and we were still building our relationship and they had already been through the divorce of me and their dad and lots of arguing and stuff like that. So I didn't want there to be a lot of arguing in front of them with me and you. So, um, I, we decided that our arguing, if we got to that point, was going to be done on the porch and not in front of them. So um, obviously I'm okay if they know we argue, but all, all couples do, but just didn't want that energy in front of them. So we would sure. go separate ourselves from them, and they learned that they had to knock to come outside if we said porch time. And then they also learned that when we did porch time, we felt better Afterwards, because it was a sacred space. And once we left, the argument was over. Right. And they also learned that we didn't punish each other afterwards. So they actually learned that they could call porch time because they wouldn't get punished for whatever was said. But 
you know, it, it worked. Yeah, and and it is of course intended to be that last option. Right. It's it's because the other communication methods, the sitting across from each other and saying, "Honey, I need to talk to you about something," or the protocol based, uh, "Sir, with all due respect, I need to tell you blah blah," mm-hmm. has failed. Right. right. But it, it also what it also means is that there's never a point where you can say. Well, I just couldn't talk to you about that. Right. Because you can always respond by saying, yeah, you could have. You could have called porch time. Right. So, makes so sense. that's one. That is one. One of three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to tell people that uh, coming up in the new year, we have this new idea of what we'll be doing. Um, we are going to be going through, we're going to do kink A to Z. We are. So the idea is we'll have 24 episodes, and each episode will start off with a kink, and starting with that letter of the alphabet. Is there 24 letters of the alphabet still? There's they raised 26. It to, oh, is there? There is 26. You're counting those Ys, huh? I and, am and counting a kink the Ys with, and the X. X. Yes. So that should be neat. X-rated, perhaps? Maybe that's where we'll go for Maybe. X. Maybe. X-ray glasses? I don't know. <laughs> we'll, Does X-ray count as medical play? <laughs> it might. It might. We will go out there and uh, on our FitLife group, I suppose, we'll go out there and put an uh, opportunity for people to help contribute to what they want to hear for the list. Okay. Oh, that would be awesome. Because it would be a little bit different than like the fetish list. We've been we've been over before well, be too. Our I think it'll be R. Mm, Do you think A is for anal? <laughs> oh, that's not really. A, is that a kink? I think it is. Tune in next year to I find think out. It is. So we'll we'll find out. Maybe we can take a vote. I will. I will think that uh, somebody wrote recently left us a voicemail, and uh, she said she likes to hear us talk about. These kind of things. They like, mm-hmm. She likes to have us bring in other people as well for more panel discussions. Right. That might be something we do for our um, 26 Letters of Kink. Oh, that would be neat. Mm-hmm. So we've got the space to do it. We've got the, what is that dildo-looking microphone? That is a Yeti. That is a Yeti. That yes. Is a... <laughs> <laughs> so we'll bust out the Yeti and have That would be um, awesome to have a little letters. more interaction as well. So, yes. Though we can definitely talk about us. But we are episode 300 and something so the funny thing is the person that left us a voicemail i know what her name is i know she sent us mail before she gave us great advice about dogs as a matter of fact i couldn't figure out what her, her i think that she said her uh handle her fet life name or her kink mm-hmm. name is pink whip i'm not positive so if she'll write us and let us know or call us and let us know if i'm getting that right right because we don't want to say a real name on here like i said which we know it is and um ginger Ginger. Ginger would like to say hi, but I don't think I could get her to bark and then stop barking. No, she would not <laughs> stop barking. So, uh, other than that, so, so we have other things to talk about, but go ahead and lay number two on me. All right. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. So, during our, um, our poly class, during our poly intensive, I just happened to men- mention, somehow this came up, and I'm, I'm not sure exactly how. <laughs> Um, but it really struck this person. So she wanted a little more information mm-hmm. and basically what it was, she says, I'm going to quote this little piece you made. Let's see. I've been preoccupied with the quick references you made to sacred sexuality and the priestess identity not being inconsistent with BDSM. It's a mind blowing connection for me and I'd like to learn more. So I wanted to throw that at you, you know, because you're a priest as well. You know, you step into that role sometimes, and I step into the priestess role sometimes. And, you know, and and how to explain it to someone, because to me it's not inconsistent at all. So how would you explain to someone how it's not inconsistent to BDSM, <laughs> kink, power exchange? 
Well, because of the terminology you used, and when we talk about the path of the Kadishti and that uh, our temple incognita folks in Chicago um, and yourself, you are more using that language of priest of sacred sexuality. I don't necessarily use that language a whole lot anymore. It doesn't mean I don't do necessarily ritual um, and, and, and woo-based rituals. I just don't necessarily identify as a priest of sacred sexuality at this point of my life, regardless of what... Well, it's a, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. But I absolutely would. You know what I would say to someone who asked me that? What's that? I would say go talk to Dawn. Well, Dawn's already answered the question. That's why I was asking Dan. <laughs> did you answer it on the podcast? I did not answer well, it on the podcast. Go. What did you say? What I told her was um, that being, let's see if I can uh, ad lib, lib this a little bit instead of writing it. So, But what I tried to tell her was being a priestess is just who I am. It is um, being a slave is who I am. Being kinky is who I am. I just don't see them separated at all and I I used to and the funny thing is is that I used to and I used to be able to explain it very clearly why it was different and and why I had issues with trying to put it together and once it clicked it's kind of hard to unclick it that's why I was going to try to ask you to see if you Mm -hmm. could unclick it because I can be a priestess especially of sacred sexuality especially over cathartic rituals especially over um, whatever else. And with the cathartic rituals, I use BDSM and I use kink and I use energy and I use sacred touch and I use all of that, that, that stuff that generates energy and it all works. I mean, being a priestess is about guiding will and intent and, and all of this and manifesting something, Mm -hmm. even if it's healing. So the kink and BDSM is a way of generating that energy so that I can direct that will and have the, the energy. See, I'm feeling it in my hands right now, so it's getting kind of, <laughs> kind of, it's, it's very woo, you know? It, it's, the BDSM is a tool mm-hmm. to make something happen. So, and, and it's just, it's very powerful to, for, for me. And kind of... It's hard to explain sometimes how I can also be a slave and also be a priestess top that can run ritual that involves BDSM and mm-hmm. things like that. And um, it, it's just, it's simple in that he owns me whatever I am. So I can still be priestess. I can still be in the middle of a dungeon. I can still use pain sticks or um, what did I use last time? I used um, purple heart wood sticks mm-hmm. and that's what i use to beat her that and sacred touch to generate the pain and the energy that would take her on a journey and i was able to do all of that in the middle of a dungeon mm-hmm. but there's no doubt in my mind that i wear your collar and you own me it's uh, it, it strikes me it's kind of funny that in buddhist school today uh, we were talking about uh the difference between whether you know something works because it's a scientifically proven fact Mm-hmm. Or because it works, mm-hmm. um, and that just struck me in what you were talking about in the you in your explanation, right? It works because it works, um, and I get what you're you're saying. It's a difficult concept to convey in words, mm-hmm. uh, but when you put yourself in the role of a top, you're taking a 
role of responsibility for taking somebody on a particular journey. Now, normally it's a journey of pleasure, mm-hmm. right? But as a priestess or a priest top, it's a journey with multiple layers. Mm-hmm. If you understand what Dawn's talking about or you would like some more clarity, <laughs> you can reach out and ask us about it at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. So, or you can find us on Facebook. More and more people are at Erotic Awakening, all one word. Or via the voicemail like Pink Whip did, 614-414-2072. Or you can find other ways to contact us, which uh, we're easy to stalk, so there's lots of ways. Just head over to eroticawakening.com. Dawn, is it possible that we don't have any new tentacle links this week? Nope. We have <laughs> links, and they came in this afternoon while I was working on PXS stuff. So uh-huh. I was working on that, and I saw the link come through from, from Chip the Tentacle Guy, and I'm like, woohoo! He always sends me good stuff. So he actually sent um, a link of some T-shirts. Let's see if I can pull one of those up. I hope I kept it right here where I can find it. Um, Because one of them, I think I want. I think it was the second one. And it's going to take forever. No, this one says, what would Cthulhu do? I like that one, WWCD. And then maybe it was this one. It says, haha, tentacle rides. Long, <laughs> long, wet, and sticky. So it looks like a, a like an octopus ride, like you would find at King's Island or something, except mm-hmm. it really is all tentacles on the shirt. Uh-huh. So that's kind of neat. And then some of them were iPhone cases with tentacles all over them. Okay. <laughs> you never know when you need... Well, he's, like, sending, he's sending you ideas for Christmas gifts. Good. That's, what that, he's that's doing exactly what yes. that sounds like. So oh, I love it. Thank you, Chip. By the way... We are sitting here with our quilt that Bat made us last Christmas. Mm -hmm. Was it last Christmas? Um, If not two Christmases ago. Bat's been around for a while. And um, she made us this quilt that was made with all these T-shirts that um, fans of ours and friends of ours um, gave to her. And one of them was a brown T-shirt from Chip the Tentacle Guy that he wore in Afghanistan, is my understanding. Mm -hmm. And she chopped it up so that it's tentacles and it's all through the quilt. Yeah. So I it really like both, that. <laughs> both very neat and also uh-huh. very powerful uh, chip that you donated that to the, the quilt Absolutely, cause. absolutely. Um, well, I guess we should mention that the uh, not everybody wrote books that are being turned into movies, as you know. Very true, very but, true. Uh, Tamsin Flowers has been writing erotica for more than three years. She started off by writing some short stories and has been featured in more than 25 anthologies to date via our good friends at Cleus, Cleus Press as well as a couple other uh, publishers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, if I was you, I would hang around till the end of the podcast and you can find out about Alchemy 12, her newest book. If you are a... Um, if you ever want to read about a dom who isn't always perfect and a sub who isn't afraid to use her safe words, you've come to the right place. Uh, you'll find out more about Alchemy 12 at the end of the show. We actually, she just, we just said, just tell us about it. We'll record it and boom, we'll put it out there. Nice. So you'll hear that at the end of the show today. I plan on reading it soon, so I think it more You have into a lot of things you want to read. I know, but... The more naughtier, the better. <laughs> Absolutely. We just did an interview with Laura Antonu, and you wrote down nine more books. I did. I did. Each one she suggested, I was like, oh, haven't heard of that one. It's, yes. a, it's a fantastic <laughs> interview. We're looking forward to bringing that to you. Um, one of the interesting things she said was, 
if I told, you know, if somebody read Fifty Shades of Grey, I would recommend they read The Marketplace. And Laura Antonu, author of The Marketplace, said, mm-hmm. no, no, don't recommend that. Recommend this instead. Right. And then if they say this, this, and this about Fifty Shades of Grey, then recommend The Marketplace. So, exactly. Yay. So, Dawn, you have one more question for me? I do. So, and this one's a little tougher, maybe. Maybe. So, we'll see how this goes. Um, so, someone else went to one of our poly classes. Uh, I think we were in Chicago. And um, she said that uh, they had talked to us in the hallway afterwards. But um, she's finding that her master wants to take on another slave, mm-hmm. but wants her to remain monogamous. Okay. And she's struggling with it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had to work through that in my head before I could answer her. And I was wondering your thoughts on it or if there's enough information there or whatever. So what, are, what would your thoughts be if you... See, I don't even know how to phrase it because I was no. going to say, if you wanted to be Polly and wanted me to be Mono or whatever. So, Well, my first thought is that regardless of the fact you may be calling yourself submissive or slave, you absolutely have a choice. If it does not feel right to you, um, there's no reason why you can't say, sir, without, or ma'am, without due, with all due respect, that doesn't feel like a good choice for me. The challenge is... Um, Depending on the power exchange dynamic you have, you may, as a result of that, either get punished or your master mistress may open a dialogue with you, right? It could go either way. It could go as far as, you know, there's some um, domineering types that say, look, baby, it's my way or the highway, and you might have to make that choice as well. Do you trust your master to not harm you is where you should start, right? Before you put on that collar, you should have asked that question. And... It may well be you trust your master to not harm you, but you still find this uh, concerning and worrisome. Is your master acting from a place of assistance and saying, you know, and I got no problem with the master that says, slave, I'm going to pick up a new slave. Uh, You're not allowed to pick up any other new playmates because in our power exchange, that doesn't work. That's not a problem for me. I like the master that follows that up by saying, how can I help you through this? versus a, and that's the way it is, sit down, shut up, get me my coffee. In some power exchange situations, and it's really funny because in the situation where shut down, shut up, sit down, get me my coffee, without knowing more information, I can't tell you if that's a powerful master that knows what he's doing or an abuser who's just using his title to get what he wants and screw the rest of the world. You know, we need more information before we can make that determination. But whenever you have a difficulty, I, and again, you know, and this is something that Laura was just talking about. We can't say this the right way, the wrong way. I can only say, regardless of what I order my slaves to do, if they have, if it's causing them a challenge or difficulty, I expect them to obey and tell me that it's causing them a difficulty or a challenge. And that gives me the opportunity to respond appropriately to that, whether it means that I'm going to respond by explaining myself or assisting them or just doing it anyway. Um, Yeah, so there's my answer. Nice. 
Is it a good, a good answer? I don't it's know. a good I'm answer because now there. I'm all all spacey. I just I like that answer. It's just very, I don't know. It's you turn me on even <laughs> when you're answering <laughs> things like this. <laughs> so no, I like that a lot. And um, part of my thought is is that there isn't enough information. You know, did you go in knowing this was a possibility? Is it a surprise? Right. Do you want to be monogamous? We know God, We we know masters that do have multiple slaves and those slaves have to be monogamous mm-hmm. but they know that's the requirement going in so you know is the issue that he's going to be poly and you're not or that he's going to be poly at all or that you're not allowed to be poly right. or you know so yeah what is the struggle there but i absolutely um agree with uh master dan in that um you know, let him know how you feel, do it respectfully, and hopefully he'll come from a place of assistance and ask how he can help. Yeah, and there's the big challenge there is, right, when we look at the, uh, everything comes back to intent, mm-hmm. and and in this case, it also includes skill. Is the master skilled enough that he knows this is actually a smart thing to do? Right. Right? Does he have a purpose beyond just getting his dick wet? Um did he listen to us and we portrayed it as being easy? Right. Because <laughs> it's not. <laughs> you know, that could be too. So I, I did have, so that's my thought on that one. I think okay. we got that one. Mm-hmm. I wanted to also mention, uh, I'd forgotten to even put this on the little show notes here that recently Goddessy wrote in. Goddessy, who oh, actually yeah, yeah, yeah. is on our staff. On our staff for our events. And if you people are tired of hearing about our polyamory <laughs> stuff, the Don't polyamory worry. season is wrapping up. <laughs> the power exchange season is coming up. As we're, we are preparing Yay. the website and stuff for Power Exchange Summit. Already have some presenters chosen. Absolutely. Um, but the goddessy wrote in and said, you know, I found that some of the shows I'm looking for, because she's a binge listener, <laughs> um, were not on Stitcher. So I have submitted a few more of our show to Stitcher. So uh, Goddessy, I have fixed that. Ha ha. <laughs> and uh, Goddessy also had some commentary about the Salvation Army. Uh, we mentioned last week, you, don't, you probably don't remember this little throwaway oh, comment. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> that instead of donating to the Salvation Army, people should rate us on iTunes, tweet about us, lick us on Facebook. Or tell their friends about mm-hmm. the Power Exchange. I'm sorry, about the Erotic Awakening podcast. Right. I actually said they should say, fuck you, Salvation Army, and do that instead. And I was like, woohoo! Apparently, the Salvation they... Army, I hear from uh, various sources, the Salvation Army is not the most queer or gay-friendly organization out there. That's my understanding as well. So, so don't take it out on those guys that are ringing the bells, but doesn't, no, don't feel guilted into putting your money in there. Nope. Y- you can support us, and it won't cost you a dime. <laughs> it or does you can cost. support us in ways that do cost Feel a dime. Free, absolutely. <laughs> Buy your because Christmas is coming. Christmas is coming. And what is this? This is actually the 12th, the 13th, something like that. So there mm-hmm. is still a couple of weeks till Christmas. We have decks of cards and a new shipment of books that just came in. So if you want something for Christmas, now's the time to do it so that we can get it to the post office. So again, just write us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com and we will let you know how to do that. Or you can support us by becoming one of the sponsors of the Erotic Awakening podcast. Nice. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's kinky fun group. They've got all kinds of exciting things going on. As a matter of fact, the uh, the big reveal for the uh, Winter Wickedness upcoming events has been revealed. Did you know that? No, I didn't know it had been revealed. It has been. What is it? What is it? You'll have to go check out their website. Oh. It's out, they made a video for it and everything. Really? Did you give the website? 
was I listening? Find out more at adventuresinsexuality.org. <laughs> awesome. So, oh, I spent most of my day with their rope group today. You did. You mm-hmm. did. So the AIS rope group. Wow. Boom, just like that. So coming up next, uh, we're going to hear from Crazy Heart. And he just went, we went all over the place with the interview with that. We talked about his podcast, People mm-hmm. of Kink. Talked about running events. Talked about his, uh, just his growth in the community and his, what it's like to be Canadian. Oh, exactly. So, and his new little mini cast. Absolutely. Oh, the whole mini cast con- right, concept right, as right. well. And don't forget to, to hang around after that to hear from Thames and Flowers. Test, test, test. By the way, hi. Hi. You, you missed my <laughs> my flirtatious comment about your cute little ears. Aww. Do I have cute little ears? <laughs> You'll get plenty of opportunities for flirtatious comments as we go. Uh-huh. Oh, tonight, on, tonight on the podcast, we are uh, speaking with Crazy Heart from the People of Kink podcast. Crazy Heart, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. So we've known you for a little while now. We've been listening to the People of Kink all the way through the first hundred episodes, but you've just started this new thing called a mini cast. Uh, what is a mini cast? Well, basically, um, as you know, if you listen to the show, the the regular thing that we do is interview people. But we decided that uh, we wanted to do some more subject based things, and with a couple of other podcasts not really recording anymore, we thought there was a little niche there for us. So. We decided to just, you know, basically take 15 minutes and touch on different subjects. And it's been actually taken on very well from people and, and very positive things come, have come from it. Well, and I've noticed that you do it with uh, Ruby. Yeah, Ruby uh, has been uh, happy to help out. And it's kind of nice that we get to uh, sit down and get on the mic together. Because um, it's hard to interview myself, and and uh, <laughs> so she's she's really good, and and actually Eva and um, well, it's, oh Eva and Ruby did one all by themselves. That was different for me to step right away from the mic. Mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't heard that one yet. I'll have to take a listen. That was on uh, consensual non-consent. Okay. Which was was a subject that I wasn't really comfortable about talking about, so I let the girls take it over, and it, it actually come out quite well. Uh, and that's. Great, because I know a lot of people that can do that, um, well, do that solo thing, right? You put Lee in front of a microphone, Lee Harrington, and mm-hmm. he can do 45 minutes by himself with no problem at all. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed that a lot of other podcasters have started to take that role of having that additional person. Now, Dawn and I have always podcasted together. Mm-hmm. You've primarily been by yourself, but you're driving the interview with another person. Yeah, exactly, and it, that, that's been... Uh, worked out quite well and, and come a long way since the beginning and and uh it's funny when you when you interview people though i always tell people i, I get two types of people to interview the people that i have to pull the information from mm-hmm. and the people that that talk a lot and then they apologize for it at the end it's like no that's actually what i wanted you on the show for exactly ask a question and let them go that's right and and i enjoy that and Honestly, for me to sit on this side of the mic and I have to say much is not much work for me, so uh, I'm completely okay with that. So what kind of topics have you covered on the minicast so far? Um, we have done uh, having a house party, which uh, I think for a lot of people um, is, is a tough one the first time people decide they want to have people in their house. There's a lot more to it than you think. You guys know that. You mm-hmm. have, have done events. Um, what else we do? Uh, putting together a toy bag. Um 
And then we had a suggestion out of Munch, which uh, I had never really thought of, and that was, uh, I knew, what do I do next? Mm. And, and that one, th I thought that was a great suggestion. We could have probably spent two hours on it, but um, I, I think that for new people coming into lifestyle, it's got to be a little bit overwhelming, especially with the amount of people that are around us now. So that worked out quite well. Uh, I'm trying to think of what other ones was maybe. there Was there one of like how to approach a dominant or something yeah, that like was, that? Yeah. yeah, that was the very first one that we did mm -hmm. um, because I always hear, um, and Dan, maybe you can speak to this, a lot of times, uh, you know, you get these form letters from people and uh, and then people complain that they can't find a dominant and we just thought, well, okay, well, let's just put it out there for them. This is what us as Ruby and I as dominants in this case, uh, although I'm a switch, um, this is what we see and what we can help you with. And that one actually, I got several messages on that one for, for people that said thank you. They didn't realize that they were doing it. I don't want to say incorrectly, but maybe they need to do it in more of a positive manner. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So, and and reaching out at all is a good thing. Oh, absolutely. So sometimes uh, submissives think that uh, the dom should do the reaching out, or we don't know how. So, mm -hmm. so it was good information. Yeah, and and uh, I I think that uh, it, it's funny. Sometimes we'll sit in front of the mics and. Usually about Tuesday night because we release them Wednesday and we'll go, okay, what are we going to talk about? And there's silence between the two of us. <laughs> Been there. But, but, exactly. <laughs> but there's so much. But then you gotta you got to kind of narrow it down a little bit for people. Uh, we do get suggestions from uh, the, the listeners and that's awesome. As um, And I, I want to give a shout out to Erotic Awakening Podcast Network because it's definitely helped my podcast out a lot. I'm very proud to be a part of it. Um, my downloads go up probably 1,500, 2,000 uh, downloads a month, which is incredible growth from where we started. So I think that as we get more listeners, we get more questions, and it just gets better and better. So it's pretty awesome. Super, super. What, what kind of stuff do you have coming up next? Um, for minicast? Yeah, for the minicast. Um, there was a few suggested different things. You, know, you, you just caught me off guard because I'm trying to remember now. You know, I'm getting kind of <laughs> old and, and I can't remember these things all the time. Um, what the heck was it that we were going to do? I can't remember. Let's ask another question so that I can remember what the mini casts were. Ooh. Uh, See, that's, that's mean because now I'm on the spot. Wait, I didn't no. know I had to have another question. <laughs> yeah. So, well, okay. So, besides the mini cast, you've been taking on some other roles in the community. Um, mm -hmm. like with the, the people of kink party. So tell us a little bit about that and how that's going. Well, it, when, it, when I started the podcast to, to kind of go back just a little tiny bit, I started because I wanted to help out and I wasn't doing anything in the community at the time. And so the, the podcast has done that. It's, it's a very positive thing. So then I realized that as it became more popular, it became a tool for me to be able to do more things. So then we started to do the mini cast and then, you know, we decided that we just wanted to do a party at, at, at one point, and that was the party in Welland, which you guys were at and were mm -hmm. our headliners, which was very well received, and I got, like, inundated with messages, when are you starting your own party? <laughs> so it wasn't something, it was something I considered but never really took seriously, and, and then I thought, you know what, uh, London had lost their venue, so we didn't have a party here, and we thought that we would start it. And so we actually got really lucky and found a venue fairly quickly. And here in London, London is a, a very conservative city, so it's hard to find venues. And we've got the perfect venue with Pete, the, the people that run it. 
know what we do. There's no secrets, and they're happy as long as we're keeping things inside. We're, we're good to go. But what it's allowed me to do is to really extremely help the community, and it's also allowed to use the people of Kink brand, as I like to call it, and to really help out things. We did an exploratorium um, uh, the last party, and that's where people come in and try different things. It's called different things in different areas, taste testings. And that was really well. We did a, a, a fat fair and had people come in. We, we uh, did a, a food drive for the local um, food um, distribution, or what do you call it, food bank. Food bank. And we, we collected 215 pounds of food to, to send to them. So I think, in a way, it's allowed, it's given the community a tool to, um, to, to help out with other parts of our community. And, and I'm proud to see that the People of Kink name is on it, but it's really allowed me to just help out. And, and I love that part of it. And as you know, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, I, I, there's no doubt that people, if you've ever done a party, you know that, but it's work that I enjoy. And then at the end of the night or in the middle of the night when I look around and I see everybody playing and having fun and interacting and I can go on, you know, I, I, I did this. I created this for them and, and uh, they appreciate it and, and I stand together with them. I don't feel like I'm above any people. I never have and I never will. I'm just a guy that runs a party and happens to have a podcast. And I know you guys feel the same way about that. Absolutely. So you've been to some events that are on the, the south of the border for you at least, and you're here in the United States, right? Like Kinky College, I think you went to once. Yep, yep, we went uh, last year. I believe we went to that. What do you think? What are the are there differences between Canadian events and U.S. events in your in your view? Well, it, that that's an interesting question because I often ask that question to my guests that are on the show, like, "What does kink look like in your area? Mm -hmm. um, is it different? Um, yes." Um, is it vastly different? No. Um, I think it, it just comes down to, first of all, what are the rules in your area? In, in the United States, I can vary from, from um, state to state. And um, like up here, all party, not all parties, but you, you can have sex at your parties. Some places you can't do that. But I, the only difference I found at Kinky College was the, the way that the, the dungeon was set up, it was more... Um, people could just walk through the dungeon when you're playing. Now, up here in Canada, in, in Ontario, that's all I can speak for, it's usually a roped-off area, and you're only in that area if you were actually playing. Right. So that was a bit different for me to get used to, but that's what their norm is. So, oh. You know what? I hadn't even realized that, but you're right. I thought yeah. it was just roped-off because of space stuff, but the three we've been to are roped-off. Mm -hmm. yeah. huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, so... I, I enjoy that that part of it. It was a bit weird for me because we were playing and 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 somebody was talking about their their day at work or something and and that was a bit disconcerting. Sure. Mm -hmm. But but again, that's what they're used to, and I can't get down on people for that. It's just I'm used to something different. And I think that's great that Ruby and I had made the decision to try to go to more events. Hasn't always worked out for us um, because we want to see what it's like in other places because it is. It, I think certain things become the same. And sometimes it's uh, different plays go from one area to another. It takes a while for it to go there. Like I remember rough body play coming and nobody did rough body play. And all of a sudden you started to see it in different areas. And that's pretty cool to me. I don't know if anything new is coming, but I hope so. <laughs> I'm so, sure there is. Yeah. So one more question for you, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. Where do you see the people of kink brand, as you call it, 
where's it going from here? I mean, the, the People of King podcast seems pretty solid. You've added a wrinkle, the mini cast, but I assume that's just going to keep going and going. Yep. The parties, okay, you know how to do those now, so you got the parties going. Mm -hmm. What What's next on the list? What's the, the, the grand vision? Well, all of those things will continue to grow and, and, and get bigger. Um, the party, for instance, our, our reunion party is, is now going to be a two-day event. Um, and give a, a shout-out to you guys because you guys are coming in in May for to do the Saturday. But we're also doing presentations on the Friday night. Um, I vision that as a weekend event, uh, you know, Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday eventually. Uh, I'm trying to grow that. But I guess I can announce it here. I, I've just started in the last three or four weeks writing a book. Uh, yeah, and that's a big step for me because I'm not really a writer, but basically what I'm going to do is tell my story and a few of the people's stories that have been on the podcast, maybe get a little bit more detail about it, um, and we're going to call it The Real People of Kink, and just I, I just think it's nice to get those stories out there, and if people want to pick it up in the store and go, you can look at Fifty Shades, which is fine, that brings people into our group, but to, to actually read people's real stories... I think that would be pretty awesome. Absolutely. That's love the idea. idea. Yep, love it. So I, I think that's going to take a while. You guys wrote books. I know it's not a, a quick process, and it hasn't <laughs> been for me. Eva is going to actually kind of be my editor and kind of go through it and and uh, kind of fix up all my mistakes. But I'm just right now just getting my thoughts down on paper, basically. Oh, fantastic. I, I enjoy hearing about the people of Kink. It would be nice to be able to stick them in a book and take them home with me. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's a good thing, and I think it's really popular now, and it's a, it's a good time to do it. I think so as well. Yeah, that, absolutely. Crazy Heart, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I enjoy listening to your show, and um, you're the kind of interviewer interviewee that both of us <laughs> like. You give them a little opening, and they talk and talk. We love it. <laughs> love it, love it. Take care, awesome. man. We'll, we'll, we'll be up there and see you soon. All right, thanks, guys. Hi, my name is Tamsin Flowers. I'm an erotica writer, and I've dropped in to tell you a little about an exciting new project I'm launching this month. It's called Alchemy 12, and if you enjoyed Fifty Shades of Grey, I have a feeling that you might enjoy this. So what's it all about? Alchemy 12. One year, 12 episodes. Each month through 2015, I'll be releasing a novella-length chapter in the story of Harry and Olivia. The prologue, which is completely free, is already available. And here's a little of the blurb. No one could ever accuse Harry Lomax of being a Dom's Dom. Sometimes he even forgets to make his submissives call him Sir. But he's the charismatic Prince of Kink at Chicago's most secretive and exclusive sex club, where he runs Alchemy 12, the club's prestigious year-long training program for would-be subs. When Harry spots Olivia Rue across a crowded floor, He's under no illusions as to what she is and what she isn't. A blonde Amazonian goddess, Olivia's no innocent virgin. She's a woman of the world whom he suspects might have a thing for kink if only she realised it. One thing is for certain, Olivia is nobody's bitch. Harry knows that he wants her. For his Alchemy 12 training programme, that's for sure. But for himself? Harry will try anything once, and Olivia's a woman who's got his name written all over her. Over 12 episodes, we follow Olivia's training with Harry through the diary she keeps. 
Olivia must report to Alchemy and follow Harry's every instruction. By the end of the year, if she's deemed an exceptional sub, she might be offered a permanent position in the club. If she's not, she'll probably never see Harry again. But Olivia is a woman who finds it tough to call anybody sir. Combining the hottest consensual BDSM scenes you're ever likely to read with the stormiest romance, Alchemy 12 is already creating something of a buzz, and I'd be lying if I said I wasn't really excited about this one. If you're interested in finding out more, visit the Alchemy 12 website. That's www.alchemyxii.com or search for Alchemy 12 using the Roman numerals XII on Amazon to download the prologue episode for free. Thank you so much for letting me come and tell you all about Alchemy, Harry and Olivia. I really hope you grow to love these two characters as much as I do. Goodbye! Radical Awakening is sponsored in part by the Guilty Pleasure State Show and its educational branch, the Monkey Puzzle Club. <laughs> Join us the third Friday of each month. I don't know what that was at all. <laughs> it started sounding like John Wayne. <laughs> Join us the third Friday of each month for Fetish Foreplay Friday at Club Princeton in Columbus, Ohio. Classes begin at 8 p.m. with the party immediately following. You can also catch the Guilty Pleasure State Show at Porter's Club. Porter's Pub, Pub. <laughs> in Columbus, Ohio, the fourth Friday of every month. The Monkey Puzzle Club meets every Wednesday at 8 p.m. at The Room at the Columbus Insight Center. Follow us on Twitter at MonkeyPuzzleOH. You can also follow both Guilty Pleasures and Monkey Puzzle Club on FetLife for all announcements and discussions. Bye, Dan. Bye, Don. Bye, Don.